Hello and welcome to Nerd Subculture. I'm your host, Jared. And I'm Edwina. And we're doing a Once More with Feeling series on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Today we're doing a double episode, season four, episode 20, The Yoko Factor, and episode 21, Primeval. This episode, uh, the first episode originally aired May 16th, 2000, followed by the next one on the same night, Eddie. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. The uh, first one was written by David Fury, directed by David Grossman. The second one also written by David Fury, but directed by James A. Contenar. Over to you, Eddie. This is a full spoiler podcast. I'm a huge fan, but Jared has never watched the series all the way through, and I'm trying to convince him it's worth his time. Double episode. I think this is pretty good for a season's finale, I reckon. It was pretty yep, but spectacular. We've actually still got one more. And I couldn't help but notice that this wasn't <laughs> the last episode of the season, which I think is pretty odd. Considering how climactic the ending was on uh, yeah, this episode, yeah, it definitely has the the yeah, it's definitely the overarching season final, but yeah, not the actual season final. It's like a secret song on a on a CD or something, isn't it? You know, <laughs> that's you a wait, good way. Like, good way of describing it. So you have to wait like eighteen minutes after the last track. To yeah, so 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 it is the it. final battle, um, yeah. and it it does tie up all the loose ends of the series, so to speak. Like brings all the themes. Full circle. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it does have. There is another episode to go for the season, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of my favourite episodes. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but again, I think the next episode. The reason why they have the next episode is because of the spell that they use, and because it is such a powerful spell, they can keep coming back and using that spell. Mm-hmm. Every single time a, a, you know, a big bad seems unstoppable. Well, yeah, why don't they? Well, <laughs> you'll find out in the oh. next episode. Oh, stay tuned next week. You'll find out. That, yes, you can't always, yeah. Because I know you're, you hate when that happens in other TV series and It shows. just seems a little lazy sometimes. Mm. And then when there's like, uh, even like in the Endgame movie, you know, you have a powerful character that you have to write out. Well, even sometimes superhero movies, a really powerful character you just got to write out because otherwise they could fix all their problems quite quickly. Like Quicksilver is sort of one of those characters in that, that Dark Phoenix film and even um, Captain Marvel, I oh, guess, yeah. is kind of one of those characters that have to sort of write out at the start. Otherwise, she can just do everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my pet peeve, but anyway. Yeah, so I knew that you'd be like, oh, great, so now they're just going to keep using that spell. I actually didn't think of that, to be honest, so. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, when I saw this, this, it was one of those things watching it, yeah, this is one of those spells Jared would be like, well, can't they just use that spell all the time? (laughs) It is a little lazy, but anyway, I I, suspension of disbelief, I didn't think of that until you mentioned it. And you make a good point. Yeah, why don't they just use it all the time? Thanks, Eddie. Do you want to do the uh, All right, do the summary, summary and uh, let's get back to it. Long summary. Colonel McNamara discusses with a superior how to get Riley back into the initiative under his command and how to deal with Buffy. Spike tells Adam that Buffy is going to be difficult to defeat and he should not underestimate her. And then he proceeds to underestimate <laughs> her. <laughs> yeah. Spike talks about having already killed two Slayers yet having been unable to kill Buffy, especially because of the initiative chip now in his head. 
The two plan to separate Buffy from her Slayerette friends. Still upset about what happened between her and Angel during her visit to Los Angeles, Buffy returns from LA to her empty dorm room. Xana brings Riley some clothes and they talk about their mutual distaste for Angel, Riley having been told by Buffy about her previous relationship with him. However, it emerges that she did not tell him the whole truth. While Riley was unaware that Angel lost his soul and became Angelus, Xander tells Riley that after having sex with Buffy was the trigger that set Angelus free. Spike visits Giles at home and offers him files inside the initiative. Spike tells Giles that Buffy does not respect the former Watcher anymore, which upsets Giles and causes him to drink. Riley visits Buffy. Using a radio, he has tapped into the initiative and is aware of their actions. She mentions that Angel upset her, but she is focusing on seeking Adam and Riley leaves. Xander and Anya bring Spike fatigues to wear and a gun. Spike makes Xander feel unwanted by convincing him that the rest of the gang does not feel he is useful. Buffy goes patrolling and runs into Forrest, who is also looking for Adam. They argue as they get into the cave and find Adam, who launches a surprise attack. Buffy and Adam exchange a few punches and kicks. Forrest tries to step in and help, but he is pushed away by Buffy. Adam hurls a slayer against the cave wall, and Forrest uses the opening to shoot Adam with his stun rifle. Instead of harming him, however, the voltage merely seems to refresh Adam, who then disarms and fatally stabs Forrest with his bone skewer. Her will to fight gone, Buffy flees from the cave. Meanwhile, having supposedly sneaked into the initiative to retrieve some information, Spike charges into Giles' place with the discs. However, Giles is too drunk, so Willow tries to decrypt the disc. Spike talks to Willow and Tara about their Wicca interests and how their friends do not seem to support it. Willow thinks he means that their friends are not accepting the romantic relationship. Riley hears of trouble on the streets through his radio. He finds Angel fighting the commandos and Riley refuses to let Angel go see Buffy. The two have a brutal fight, of which Angel is the clear victor. Buffy returns to her door room and Angel shows up. As Angel speaks with Buffy, Riley barges in and raises a gun to Angel. Angel taunts Riley and the two come to blows again. Buffy separates them and wants to talk to Angel alone. Buffy scolds Angel, yet they laugh when Angel confesses he came to make up. The two part ways on friendly terms, although Angel tells her that he does not like Riley. Spike reports back to Adam, happy to have split up the Scooby gang, and the damage becomes clear when their meeting at Giles' home turns into a fight. Buffy scolds Xander for telling Riley details about her and Angel's relationship and argues that she is going to take on Adam alone. Xander complains that his friends do not need him and Willow complains that Buffy does not accept Tara, revealing their relationship, for the first time, to Xander and Giles. While Giles goes to sleep the alcohol off, Buffy leaves, telling her friends she does not need them as she has become someone else she can depend on, not realising that Riley has gone to Adam's lair. The end of that episode. <laughs> same night, not next, I was going to say next week. No, it wasn't next week, it's the same night. Yeah. Following Spike's interference, Buffy and the Scoobies are not talking to each other. However, since he wants Buffy in the initiative, Adam is displeased to discover that Willow still has possession of the encrypted disc Spike gave her, which would have led her back. He refuses to remove Spike's behavior modification chip unless he rectifies the situation. Meanwhile, Riley is unaware that he is in Adam's lair, and Adam reveals that the government implanted a chip near Riley's heart, giving him complete control over Riley's motor functions. 
Tara and Willow work on decrypting the information disks, only to find that they suddenly decrypt themselves. Buffy returns to Adam's cave seeking more information, annoyed when she finds Spike there and suspicious when he lets slip that he is aware of the Scoobies falling out. Buffy realises that Spike has deceived them and reunites with the original gang. Willow reveals the information on the discs that Adam is hiding in one of the initiative's secret labs and plans to build more cyborg demonoids like himself. Buffy realises that the overcrowding holding cells at the initiative are a form of Trojan horse warfare. Adam will release the demons and the resulting battle will leave many demon and human body parts. The gang brainstorm how to kill Adam and find a difficult spell performed together. Buffy, Xander, Giles and Willow break into the initiative through the elevator shaft but are captured by the Colonel. Adam is watching this on surveillance, sees that Spike has succeeded in getting Buffy to initiative but failed to keep the gang apart. He orders Spike to be killed but Spike escapes into the initiative. Buffy finds Riley sitting unbound in a chair unable to speak, still under Adam's control. Adam enters and upon discovering that Buffy would not be balancing the demon-human kill ratio as he envisioned, orders Forrest, now turned into a killer cyborg demon, orders Forrest to kill her. As a battle, Riley uses a shard of glass to take out the chip embedded in his chest, freeing himself to attack his former best friend. Buffy escapes to take on Adam and Riley uses a bottle of flaming gas to blow Forrest to pieces. Buffy then engages with Adam. She rushes clumsily at him, but is knocked away with a punch to the gut. Rebounding quickly, Buffy and Adam exchange a high volume of blows. Buffy breaks the Palgora demon spike on Adam's left arm, but he reveals his right arm has been upgraded to a giant machine gun. Bombarded with gunfire, the Slayer runs behind a computer console for cover. Much like their previous encounters, Adam is clearly the superior until the adjoining spell kicks in. This composite being rises from the ashes, repelling Adam's missile with a shield and shutting his weapon's arm down with a wave of the hand. Closing in easily, she evades every punch thrown by Adam before countering with a devastating chain of strikes herself and ripping out his uranium-powered heart. Riley arrives in time to catch Buffy as she collapses. Giving all the strength and power to Buffy leaves the rest of the gang totally exhausted and vulnerable as demons break into their room, but Spike kills it. In a largely unseen battle, Buffy, Riley, Xander, Giles, Willow and Spike then join with the initiative soldiers to stop the demon attacks, saving 60% of the soldiers including Graham, while the others including the Colonel are killed. In an internal debriefing, the government decides to shut down the initiative for good and remove any paper trail of its existence. They praise Professor Walsh's vision of harnessing demons as powerful as military weapon, but conclude that demonkind cannot be controlled. The end. I have to chip that a lot down a lot. <laughs> All right. So, what do we got, Eddie? Where do we start with these two episodes? Uh, so, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to lot to lot there's to. There's a lot about. to take in. Yeah. All right. Probably. Do we talk? You know what? Let's talk about Riley. We okay. Talk about Riley. You want to talk about Riley? Not how much? Really. <laughs> Not really. How much you like Riley? Well, so in the first episode, mm-hmm. in the Yoko Factor, he acts like an absolute tool the entire time. So, so you know, we have Buffy returning from Angel. Yes. The series Angel after the what had happened in Sanctuary. 
Um, I think you're a bit confused by that. Yeah, I was, yeah. Because um, we watched that earlier and I thought that happened then. Yeah, No. So that two-part Angel episode only just happened. And this is when Buffy gets back from LA. Like you, ne- you don't see her leaving. You, you know, there's no mention of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She just is back. And she's quite upset by what Angel, what had happened in LA, the way Angel had spoken to her. Um, and he just barges in, <laughs> like Riley just barges in, accuses her of cheating on her, you know, um, not realising Xander had also let slip about what the cause of the, um, of Angel losing his soul was. And then he starts fighting Angel and mm. again, like they've got this super mass, you know, hyper masculine, um, fight scene together. Yeah. <laughs> we point a gun at him too. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of hilarious. And then they both kind of barge into her dorm room. Um, yeah. They both he, do it too, don't they? Yes. Just barge in. Yeah. No knocking. <laughs> oh, Angel at least knocks. Angel at least asks about Oh, he had w- to. had to knock, didn't he? Because he, he yeah. couldn't go in. Yeah. But at least Angel asks about the massive wound on her head. <laughs> yeah. Riley doesn't even ask about that. He's just so blinded by the stuff with Angel uh, and acting like a complete insane person. <laughs> hmm. Um, but yeah, he doesn't ask about the wound on her head at all. Like, but but Angel does. Yeah. Um. So Buffy calls him out on the fact that she's like, like, where's this all coming from? And he he says something along the lines of, instead of being like, you know what, you're right, I am being a bit crazy. Like she's she's like said to him, have I given you a reason to not trust me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, 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 you know, love, you know, whatever. And then he kind of says the line, you know. But like about like the, his whole excuse for acting that way is because he's so in love with her. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So he kind of shifts the blame. Because uh, I'm so in love with you that I'm. <laughs> no, it's because I'm so in love <laughs> with you. Yeah, you do this to me. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I feel like, and they they play it up as this super romantic moment, but. It's kind of up there with the look what you made me do. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of line, yeah. It's, yeah, I just, I don't like it. No. Uh, And then I was was trying to work out why Riley is one of the most disliked characters in in the Buffyverse. He is. Okay. All right. It's news to me. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Why is he disliked so much? Well, that's what I was... I was trying to work out. Well, you don't like him. Well, no, I don't like him, <laughs> but I've also seen the entire series and it doesn't get any better from here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he is sort of meant to be, you know, your Clark Kent, as you brought up. He's yes. sort of meant to be a cross between Captain America and Superman. But everyone loves Captain America and Superman. <laughs> like, why don't why don't we like Riley? And I started... I started thinking about this after watching Stranger Things and, you know, the new edition of the character Eddie Munson, who people are just going 
absolutely crazy about. Like they just absolutely love and adore this new character. I'll, I'll, I'll be in that boat too. I did like that character, yeah. I, and I don't know why. No, no. <laughs> and and I'm in – like I, I get it. Like I think he's an amazing character. And then I was trying to work out why. Why is he such an amazing character? I think it's Joseph Quinn's portrayal. Like what is it? Um, so even though Riley – like the actor, yeah, is he's a really technically good-looking guy. Yeah, technically. Techni- <laughs> he's technically a really good, you know, he's a good-looking hunky guy. Yeah. Um, you know, Joseph Quinn is the most average-looking guy. Like he's not ugly. He's just he's not what you'd call technically by by society's standards. Yes. Yeah. Hot, but people are going. Freaking crazy about this guy, mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of think it comes down to relatability. Well, I think I said to you, with going back to the Stranger Things character, as I said, I knew that guy in school. Yeah, I knew Eddie in school. So I, did I. I knew I knew a guy like that, and he was a really nice but, guy. But did you know a guy like Riley? Yeah, he was a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it, I think you just answered that, my question. I answer the question then? Yeah. The guys, yeah. the guys that looked like Riley and acted like Riley, who had that very black and white idol, idolations. It was kind of patronising their their genuous, genuine, genuineness sometimes, how they're kind of nice to you. Yeah. But they're not nice to you because they're nice to you. They're, they're, I don't know, disingenuous maybe is that yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you knew that Eddie, like they were a nice person, but they could also be, they were real shitheads. Because, hmm. sorry, I knew, I knew a few of those Eddie months. Yeah. Those. They were real shitheads, but they were also the nicest people <laughs> yeah. you ever knew. Yeah. Um, but also, they were kind of a lot of fun. To hang out with, to be around, like Eddie Munson is a character that you'd want to, you'd want to, I want to, I want to go have a beer with him, play some D and D, D and want to, I want to sit there, have a beer, talk music, mm. geek out on shit. Like he's my type of person, and because he, you know, in the show, he's all he's quite charismatic and over the top. Yes, um, like he looks like he'd be a lot of fun. Well, I suppose. Do you know what Riley looks like? He looks like someone that I would struggle to make small talk with about the weather. Yeah, and actually, he probably looks like the character was trying to kill Eddie Munts as well. The, yes, the, Jason. Jason, the, the Fuck basketball Jason. coach, Jason. Uh, basketball captain. Fuck Jason. Yeah. Fuck Jason. Hmm. Now, I, I guess it's just that relatability, like. You, I don't know. It's and maybe that sometimes you have those situations where someone's like really, really attractive, but it, it's uh, you find them unapproachable in some ways. It, you find it intimidating a little bit, you know, like a really, really hot girl, and you like wouldn't want to like talk to her because you'd be like, oh, I don't know if I should say anything, you know. But you feel more comfortable with a girl who isn't as hot or something <laughs> like that. If you could. You know, it's a little less intimidating sometimes, I think. Maybe you can feel like you can be more yourself. Exactly. Like, they're not going to like you. You have to be someone else, which is kind of what was happening to the other character in Stranger Things. The the guy who was playing, uh, what was his name? No. um, Um, Lucas. Yeah, Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas was trying to be. Trying to be someone else. Yes. 
He was trying to be one of the cool kids. Yeah. But in Stranger Things, if you notice, like his group of, like Jason's group of friends was pretty much identical to his group of friends. In what way? It had the same dynamic. I didn't notice that. Oh, okay. Like no. you didn't even notice the guy that was wearing the exact same hat that... Um, Dust, Dustin. Dustin, yes. Dustin, Dustin. yes. Yeah, uh, I can sort of picture. I think, I and then he also has, like and then he has kind of the, the black friend, and mm. yeah, yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> but this is a Buffy podcast, not the Stranger Things podcast. Which someone <laughs> mentioned, maybe we should do a Stranger Things. No, podcast. No, that was our ten-year-old son said. Maybe you should do Stranger Things. Mm. I think I might agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot to talk about about Stranger oh, Things. Yes, yeah, yes. But but the, my main thing was is like this. I, I have never seen so much love towards a new character yeah on a show i haven't seen the show been this popular as well like this season this previous season was really good anyway we keep getting sidetracked <laughs> Ed, let's get back to right buffy what's your so what else have you got for us eddie a lot to do with the major themes of this season is individual identity versus institutional identity Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're rolling your eyes. Yes, please um, go on. But, but yeah, so but Riley is definitely, you know, in the inter- institutionalized identity. Like he's, you know, it's about conforming to the ideals of that institution. Yeah. And I realized that Riley doesn't have much personality because all he has is institutionalized identity. Yeah, he's fucking white bread. No. <laughs> he's fucking white bread. He's fucking white bread. You're boring. Look at you and your stupid outfit. Um, and all the Scoobies at the start of the season um, have some semblance of individual identity uh, and have what could, could be considered institutionalised identity as being members of the Scoobies. Uh, and they spend much of the season trying to figure out how to balance and develop both identities. And when it comes to Riley... I feel like Buffy, like but like Riley's almost part of her mission this season is taking him from being this in this institutionalized identity mm-hmm. to finding his own identity. So you're saying what she's trying to do is to fix her man. <laughs> He's a bit of a or fixer try, upper, or is he? Trying to show her that there is another way of thinking, that there are other forms of family, so to mm. speak. Like you have Forrest coming in going, oh, you broke up the family yeah. to uh, Buffy. And Buffy trying to show Riley that you don't have to do everything that they tell you to do. <laughs> well, he kind of does. He works for him. Yeah, but you can say no, but... Not really in the military. Saying no means, you know, you're out. Or you could ask some questions. Asking questions also gets you thrown out of the army, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Basically, but is does does the does the initiative even feel like the army really? Well, it's a part of the government branch, so. Well, I suppose, but it doesn't really feel like they're wearing camo pants. It's got they've got to be military <laughs> people. Yeah, they don't really feel like army army though. Special ops. Oh, oh. Well, yeah, they do. The guys are colonel. Like they're using all uh, military terms. I don't ask what don't ask what it could be other than military. Mm. But anyway, like Buffy has spent the past three seasons, trying to get out of being under the control of the council. Mm. 
Um, and she would never was under their control though. That was a <laughs> <laughs> that, that was partial a, that, control of the council. That was a misguided part, as they actually thought they had control over her. They never had control over her. She did whatever the fuck she wanted. Within reason. Yeah, I mean, any other side of the planet, <laughs> what are they going to do? Yeah. Send a nasty fax? Yes. Uh, but, yeah, she was, she's been trying to teach Riley to think outside the box a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's not as black and white as he first thought. You know, demons bad, <laughs> hmm. people, people good. good. Yeah. And I didn't say that she succeeds because <laughs> she definitely doesn't. No. Um, and again, maybe he also fell into the, the boyfriend trap. You know, the love interest trap, I should say. What's that? Just where they int- when you introduce a character solely to be the romantic interest of a main character. Yeah, I, I guess that's sort of true. Uh, that's why you're so bland as well. Yeah, they don't have their own identity. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. I've seen so many boys come and go. Was that first guy you had? The guy was like 30 years old at high school. <laughs> Owen. <laughs> Owen, yeah. The first boyfriend she had? Yeah. Yeah. That probably explains why they're all such sticks in the mud. They've got no personality. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's I'll move on. Um. I will talk about... Uh, Spike in this episode Giles, is make so stop. fantastic. <laughs> Like it's what, like I I really enjoy this two parter. Yeah. Like I, out of many of the final battles, this is this is probably one of my favourites. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, most of the time the final battles are always really good. Yeah, they have been so far. Yeah, they're yeah. always really good. They always come to a really good conclusion. Um, they're always really climactic. Like, yeah, like you 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 know it always feels like they do it as a, it could almost. Nearly all of them feel like they could be a final episode mm. of the series. That, Forever, that's, yeah. That, that's pretty much the way that they start doing all of these because Buffy was always about to be cancelled. <laughs> yeah. So they always wrote them as almost series, fi- like final finals. Yeah, so. it's probably not a bad idea. You never know what happens in the off-season, do you? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and in this, Spike is... So good. I think he is what makes these episodes. A lot so of screen good. time he got too, didn't he? Yeah, because he is playing. He's playing the double agent like he did in season two. Like yeah. he's playing both sides, um, doing what he does best, which is he like everyone thinks he's completely harmless, not realizing he can manipulate you with his words, mm. and so that's what he does. He causes havoc. Just been a worm tongue, pretty much. And just listening, like he no- he noticed a cue he got from watching Willow, yeah, and the way they were interacting, and knew that that was something that he could probably manipulate into his advantage. Like as soon as he saw that, yeah, he, he let slip. Oh, you know how Buffy doesn't accept. You know what you you two do. You know. Oh no, he starts going the if <laughs> that, that you're just being trendy, <laughs> yeah. into the you know that you're not that. Good on the, um, you're not you're you're more into the new thing, being a witch. Yeah. Which is like what new thing? Being a witch. I know your friends were joking, saying you're just being trendy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just a phase. That was very very cleverly done. I have yeah. to admit. Again, yeah. like he's in his element 
in these episodes because he is so, so good. That intuitive, he can perceive what other people don't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he picks up on all these little cues that other people just are oblivious to. Yeah. And like he he honed in on... Yeah, I definitely noticed the Willow one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he honed in on Willow's like, one. Oh, here we go. All the other ones were probably really easy for him to do because he'd been living with them. Yeah. You have to remember like... They were easy buttons to push for him, yeah. Yeah, so it was easy for him to, to manipulate Giles because he's already... He's, he was living at Giles's house. He could see that Giles was lost, you know. Yeah. After the events of a new man, like he knew <laughs> something. What, what's up? That he's he's feeling in, like that Giles is feeling insecure about not having a job. Hmm. Um, Xander's insecure because he doesn't know what he wants to do with like what he wants to do with his life. Willow's insecure about her new relationship. Uh, and he, yeah, as I said, he just targets these insecurities and sometimes if it's something, it's the insecurities you already believe about yourself that can be so, make it so much more damaging when other people bring it up. Yeah. yeah he definitely knows how to push those buttons and manipulate people. He's very good at it. And yeah, and he pretty much turns into that girl <laughs> who, who gossips to, to stir up trouble. Um, and it is fairly harmful and destructive. All gossip is really, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Well, only if you, hear, only if you find out about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you would tell someone that someone was saying something about you. I mean, that's – gossiping quite other people is fine, but why people would tell other people I don't people know. I've had, I've had people um, – it, it's also context – like you can twist and manipulate cont- the context of gossip because I once had a girl, She, uh, I think all I had said was something about a girl had coloured her hair and it was the same colour as mine. And I'd said something along the lines of, oh, such and rather has coloured their hair. Oh, just like me. And so she went up to that girl <laughs> and told her that I had said, that she had copied me. Hmm. <laughs> See, it, it's it's a thing of like talking behind someone's back, but no one would know that unless someone else tells them. So you've really got to question the person who goes up and tells someone else that or what their motives are. Exactly. Why would they? Why well, would you need to go up and say that? The girl that she went up and told her was a complete psycho, and then she came up and threatened to kill me. Yeah. So just <laughs> creating drama and watching the. Uh, Watching the ensuing disaster that you've created, and to sit there with a you know, some popcorn and say, hey, "Look, watch this," you know, and people get off on that. Yeah, that's what people really get off on. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and Spike was loving it. And yes, yes, loving it. Being a truly masterful manipulator. Um, but the plan that they had wasn't really a good plan. <laughs> so, uh, what Adam's plan? Yes. Yeah, I didn't quite understand. Why because the whole he thing backtracked was- on it. Like no, the, the the original plan I got was that um, he needed Buffy separated from her friends, but needed her to go to the initiative. Mm-hmm. So he got that part right, and then Buffy was going to go to the initiative, but then Adam said, "Oh no, but you fucked it up. Go fix it." No. So what happened was was that Spike 
like they were relying on these discs, which I think they didn't really need that those discs and whatever to to get Buffy into the initiative. They could have just used Riley as bait. Yeah, to be honest. yeah. Um, Riley could have, like the disc plot doesn't make much sense, does it? No, and they didn't really need the the discs. Hmm. Uh, and the discs in the end gave away their entire their the entirety of their plan. And they're like, oh, but they want you in there. <laughs> like, so he wanted Buffy in there. Yes. But he didn't want Buffy going after him. Uh, but the discs in the end showed her where yeah, he who, actually was. Who did, how did that happen? Did, did Adam do that? No. Willow just found him. Like, again, it is that thing. She where, said, no, they thought decrypting. And then I just decrypted themselves, yeah, yeah. So she said. He, so he decrypted them for her because she was taking too long. Right, but that then, but then he unintentionally gave away his location. Is that what happened? Um, well, probably didn't realize that there were like when they were looking at the plans, she would look at. They were looking for where he would be, and she was like, "Oh, there's all these electrical outlets going here, but there's no there." Yeah, mm, seems like a massive oversight, though, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, again, Spike said, "Don't underestimate her," and mm. then he proceeded to underestimate her. Mm. Like Spike is warning him the whole time. Yeah, I guess, but it's still, it still even seem, seems like a bit of an oversight, though. It doesn't it, to have cables running to a direction that's nowhere on the map. Like, wouldn't someone think, "Oh, that's a bit weird"? I wonder if there's something there. Well, maybe no one's looking at those schematics. Maybe. So maybe, yeah. Again, oversight. Um. All right. Oh no. Yeah, I did say about the the insults that generally hurt the most are the ones that validate your insecure that validate your insecurities. And yeah, and Spike knows how to pinpoint and find them. Mm. <laughs> like that that's what he does. Um that's where he gets his jollies these days now that he can't kill people. Um but also the fact that Spike's just his just little manipulations work. Part of the reason it works is because there's already issues. There's already underlying issues going on and he's just throwing a little bit of fuel on the fire, so yeah. to speak. And and it is that thing, Buffy is sometimes completely oblivious to a lot of stuff that's going on. And Spike doesn't try to isolate. Spike doesn't try to isolate her from them. She, he isolates, he targets her friends, never her. Because she hasn't even realised that. Yeah, because she'll see right through it and know what he's doing. Well, not necessarily, um, but yeah, he he separates the friends from her, not her from her friends. Yeah, because that just never seems to work. Um, and the fact that she actually does draw a lot of her power from her friends, like that's her connection to the world, mm-hmm. and that's why they are so important. And as I said before, it does come full circle because Buffy without her friends isn't her best slayer self. So when they do this enjoining spell and create, you know, this super Buffy, um, it, it is bringing that full circle about how much Buffy really does need her friends. Yeah, they're pretty important. <laughs> yes. Need your friends. Um. So the first episode called the um, Yoko Ono effect. Just the the Yoko Yoko factor. Yoko factor. So 
Yoko Ono. I just feel like that poor woman has copped a lot of unwanted abuse for being the one that broke up the Beatles. I'm pretty sure everybody knows by now that it wasn't her. Yeah, it still seems to be the running joke though, doesn't it? But what, it's a misogynistic idea that a woman breaks up the biggest band in the world. It's misogynistic. Most of the fans are women, to be honest. (laughs) Women can be just as big a misogynist as men. Uh, Well, I don't want to blame them being imperfect it must be someone else who broke them up there's no way they could do it mm. uh, there has to be some sort of scapegoat for it all and unfortunately it was it's always been her um it seems like the band was falling apart for years though so before they even officially broke up for a band it was only around for 10 years surprisingly yeah it went around for a long time made like 12 albums 11 years or something like that um so i always felt like she always got the raw end of the stick on that one. Oh yeah definitely hmm. definitely um, and but even Spike points that out. Yeah, <laughs> Spike's like, um, there was already issues in the group, like had nothing to do with her. Yeah, the band pulled itself to get itself apart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, he also mentions Helter Skelter. <laughs> <laughs> that Adam likes Helter Skelter. He probably would. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's also a favourite song of Charles Manson. Well, it was the fact that Charles Manson thought that it like interpreted that song as that there was going to be an interracial war between yeah. in yeah, the US. Yeah, yeah, it's some pretty fucked up shit that he he believed. Uh, you can go look it up yourself. I really don't feel like repeating it all. It's just such garbage. <laughs> and he, but he was trying to incite it as well. It was mm. what he was actually trying to do, like stealing a wallet from a white person putting it in a black area and beating a white person. Like, he was actually trying to incite some sort of racial war. Um, yeah, it's some pretty, uh, pretty. Uh, I guess, what happens when you're, you're tripping out on um, LSD and, and God knows what. Mm-hmm. Come up with some pretty crazy ideas. Yeah. Um, and that kernel at the start of the episode, again, they're underestimating Buffy. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, she's just a girl, which is all Buffy wanted to be, <laughs> like for the past four if seasons. If only. I, f- I wish that was be, true. I wish wanted, it was true. She just wanted to be just a girl. Um, and, yeah, again. and But she also, I don't know why he's like, oh, she's just a girl, when she had quite been, been quite clear that she's actually the slayer um, and had been working with the initiative at one stage. And they're well aware of her and they powers were and abilities. Her. They as were well. testing her powers at one stage. Yeah, they're quite aware of her abilities. So I'm not sure why he's second guessing it all for all of a sudden. And the fact that and playing it down. And the fact that Walsh had tried to kill her mm. and failed. Yeah. <laughs> Again, underestimating her because she's just a girl. Mm-hmm. I'm just a girl. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's also talk about. Um, the battle scene in the initiative. Yes. Now, that was very reminiscent of a, another Joss Whedon project. I, f- I felt, I'm guessing you're leading into this. Yes. The Cabin <laughs> in the Woods scene. Yes. Where it's just absolute carnage in yeah, there. Yeah, all the monsters attacking the yeah. soldiers. And yeah, and it was the first thing you said. It was like, oh, God, this is very reminiscent of Cabin in the Woods. Well, the whole initiative was, to be honest. Even yeah. From, even the day died, I well, was like, again, this is very... Was, well, you know... This this season is about science science versus magic, magic versus science. 
Mm. Um, and Cabin in the Woods is definitely a yeah, it, science, yeah. science versus It's definitely magic. an extension of what the initiative probably would be, mm. capturing these creatures in order to release them on unwitting, horny teenagers <laughs> <laughs> in the Cabin in the Woods. Um, yeah, so it, obviously the Cabin in the Woods just goes to 11 on that factor though. Yeah. Like this is a... This is a primetime TV, TV show, show so <laughs> they had to tone it down. And, and in Cabin in the Woods, they go balls the wall on that scene. And, that's and just... literal balls to the wall, like the balls are on one side of the wall. <laughs> I think there's a scene we have that two seconds of silence before just before the, the elevator, elevator doors yeah. open and it's just absolute carnage. Yeah. <laughs> you hear ding. It's quite an amazing, uh, amazing moment in, in film history. I, I recommend if you have not seen Cabin in the Woods, uh, it is a great film. Yeah, I'm pretty sure anyone that's any Whedon fans, any Whedon have. fans, probably or Chris Hemsworth fans as well. A young Chris Hemsworth was in that. I guess before he was Chris Hemsworth, he was just some guy then. I think. Um, but Cabin in the Woods sat on the shelf for a long, long time. They didn't really know what to do with it, and I think it was after Thor or one of those. Marvel movies was released, they decided to release it. And I mm. think it was when maybe after Joss was announced to be the director of Avengers mm. as well. I think Chris so. Hensworth was getting a little bit of screen time in films with Star Trek. He was in the start of that as well. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, on to my next bit. Um. The chip in Riley's arm, like or chest, or I don't yeah, know, um, that little twist. It seems a little shoehorned in, didn't it? Yes, because I'm like, how does how does that happen? Like, how does he have some sort of surgery done on him without him realizing he's had surgery? Well, done also, on it's him? never been used as well. It yeah. seems like because he had no idea about it. Mm. Um, so maybe it was a fail safe for them or something. But it seems like they could have used it because weren't they trying to get him back? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wait, hang on. We've got this chip we can use. Yeah, but it well. seemed like no one knew about this chip except for Adam. Hmm. Um, also, again, why didn't Adam have a fucking chip? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that have been very handy. He has a hard drive. <laughs> I'm sure there's some chips in that that they could have yeah. used. I don't know. Yeah. Stick one in that floppy drive. I don't know that having the... The chip in in Riley all of a sudden seemed a bit shoehorned in. Yeah. Um. No, had you seen this episode? No, I haven't seen this episode. No. Um. And did you go down any rabbit holes? Or? Uh, no, not really. I've, uh, I'm just going to say one thing though. I have mentioned this before, but just information you read on films and movies on IMDb. Uh, can be just such a nonsense sometime, and this one really caught my eye, and it was a it was a goof. Now I rarely read the goofs, but I just I, know, I was looking for something to look at, and uh, this was the one for the second episode, and is it, I'm going to read it exactly what it says. It said Sarah Michelle Gellar had obviously lost weight between the third and fourth seasons, therefore the difference between her and a stunt double is much more noticeable during the fight sequence with Adam, and I watched this. This person is completely and utterly full of shit, and this <laughs> this needs to be taken down. I don't know how people can write this absolute garbage on there. Sometimes it's just nonsense. 
Like, okay, you can tell it's a stunt double mainly because her face is usually covered and she's sort of doing weird, these weird flicks and kicks and stuff like that, which obviously Sarah Michelle Gellar can't do. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there was a substantial weight difference between the two two professionals, as I thought, was just really, really nasty. I don't, I mean, I don't know if she was just saying that she's fat or something, but I was just reading that going, God, what? How could that be a goof? How could you? And I couldn't even notice it. It wasn't. It wasn't as if I had two completely different body types or mm. anything like that. It wasn't like this girl was like six feet tall and Sarah Michelle Gell was four foot tall or something like that. That would be noticeable. But otherwise, you know, it was. It was. I don't know. It kind of really pissed me off when I read that. Yeah. <laughs> I want someone to take that down off IMDb. If anyone from IMDb is listening and. It, and if anyone can tell me how you can get things taken off INDB, because that is just like the most ridiculous thing I've ever written. Uh, written. <laughs> you <laughs> wrote it. You're <laughs> saying you wrote that, Jared. I've ever read. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of those things that puts a poor taste in your mouth. Like, ugh. Yeah. What the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. Why would you write that? Yeah. Which I think I con- like every time you like bring up, oh, I'm go- like you go to bring up one of those. IMDb ones, and I'm like, oh, God, don't. They're shit. Well, some can be interesting, okay? Some can, but then you just get absolute garbage and some stuff that's just not even true and not even close. Mm. And they just bullshit. I don't know. They want to write something on there. Yeah. And that's some obsessive fans who have watched this way too many times. I don't know anyone like that. <laughs> <laughs> like there's been an obsessive fan and watching things way t- too much and then there's like making up shit because – they they can notice the difference between the stunt double. Like, hmm. I'll tell you what, I never noticed it. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, yeah, so no, no rabbit holes tonight, unfortunately. So, okay. yeah. All right, do we want to get into question time? Yeah, let's get into the questions. Answer the question. All right, question time, Eddie. All right, Jared, which character was your favourite? I liked Rupert. Rupert. Drunk Rupert Giles. Ah, <laughs> <Drunk> Rupert. <laughs> uh, no, I am no Alfred, so no, you forget. Alfred had a job. Oh, bloody hell. It's funny, I actually I saw a clip on Reddit and uh, it was the part where um, Xana says, I'm going to go to Fort Dix. And then, <laughs> Fort Dix. And then... Giles just cracks up laughing saying that. Then, I kid you not, like the day before I saw that episode, I saw that clip. I'm like, oh, okay. That's where that's from. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like Spike. Spike is in his element in these two episodes. Yeah, I was going to say Spike, but I just hate saying the same people <laughs> again. Every time Spike's in the episode, he's a favourite. Otherwise, it's Buffy. But oh, I like, but I this like is, Giles. But this is, like, this is Spike at his best. Like this is him in his element. Like this is, this is – the joy of watching Spike just find everyone's like little weaknesses and insecurities and then mm. he just pokes and prods them <laughs> and sets the little spark, adds a little fuel to the add a little adds a little spice to the mix. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Causing all the, That's all fair the problems. Enough. And causing as much damage as possible <laughs> with just just a couple of words. Yeah. All right. Which character do you love to hate? I thought Angel was a bit of a dick in this episode. Oh, I love Angel. I love Angel when he's being petty. Yeah, he's a bit of a dick, I thought. Yeah, oh, he was all right. Yeah. But like Riley was also being a dick. Like yeah. if someone just comes at you being a dick, you just start being a dick back, don't you? I guess so. 
Dicks be dicks. <laughs> My angel, angel is a bit petty, but I always like when angel's petty. Hmm. So, okay. Um, yeah, I hate Franken Forest. Somehow, Franken. somehow, he yeah. As I said, they make someone who's unlikable even more unlikable. Franken Forest, huh? Yeah, Franken Forest. <laughs> I think he uses the lines to um, the line of uh, he wants he's gonna make sure that like they're keeping Riley there until they find some choice parts. I'm pretty sure I know what choice parts he's <laughs> after. Just a sweet trans robot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, LOL moments. Well, I think Drunk Giles again was a LOL moment. Yeah, so I have Drunk Giles during the argument, but it's the, you never train with me anymore. He's going to kick your ass. (laughs) And she's like, Giles. And he's like, sorry, was that a little bit honest? Terribly sorry. <laughs> yeah. Any particular drunk Giles moment? Whilst uh, I did mention the, the Fort Dix. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wasn't he throwing his clothes? Yeah, he starts going <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> he just starts seeing his, his throwing his clothes yeah. down. Um, Favourite fight scene? Uh, the climactic one at the end, I suppose, is probably the best one. It was pretty crazy in there, wasn't it? Everyone's yeah. just going at it everywhere. Yeah, probably Super Buffy and and Adam Final Showdown, yeah. yeah. There's lots of fight scenes. Could also go The Big Argument. It was a pretty epic fight scene as well. Oh, it's hard to go that one though. That the shit's going <laughs> on, isn't it? Well, it's a bit hard when you also get the Super Buffy Showdown hmm. with Adam and Super Slayer. Yeah. Uh, Favourite scene? Which was also my favourite scene. I really did like that scene at the end with just all the, the chaos ensuing. With all the different creatures and the soldiers uh, fighting it out to the death, uh, was while they're all running in around it, was uh, yeah, almost yeah. like a as pre- as explicit war scene as you could get for television back at that time. I think yeah. you know you you really couldn't do too much blood and guts back then as you can do these days. It's it's quite difficult, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I like the yeah. I'll probably go my favourite scenes the argument scene and all the little gossipy bits that. Uh, Spike has been laying, starts coming out. Mm. Um, least favourite scene? Got the Buffy Angel scene, having their little moment together. Okay. So, so that they've got their equal screen time on each other's show. Is that what it is? The <laughs> yes. quota? Yeah. Yeah, they have to get their quota in. He seemed so unnecessary in this. There was no reason for him to be here, was there? Um, he needed. They needed to get their quota in. Okay. Yeah. Crossover time. So that's dumb. <laughs> that's <laughs> stupid. Because it does adds nothing to the story and just, you know. If he was going to be part of the battle, that would have been cool. Yeah. Well, they do that again later on anyway. So, yeah, well. at least you're going to bring him over, make him do something. Yeah. He should have been part of the battle, yeah. Yeah, and, and to be honest, it seemed like the thing where they just filmed it in the day. Like I just filmed him outside with Riley and then in Buffy's dorm and then he's gone. So they could have filmed that. <laughs> All in yeah, one day. Yeah. Uh, my least favourite scene, uh, probably the fight scene with Riley and Forrest and the reanimated Walsh and 
other doctor guy. Yeah, that was pretty creepy. And she she kind of spoke as well. Yeah. They said that she was meant to be more of a drone, but then she actually spoke, so it seemed like there actually was some sort of consciousness in there. Mm. They, yeah, they made out that there was this, she was just basically a machine virtually, a yeah. drone. Yeah. But then when she sort of spoke and... Be a good boy, be a good boy, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, that was actually was a bit creepy, that. <laughs> um. Uh, the fact that um, there's like maybe some part of her still conscious in there was like really creepy, mm, I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but other part that I didn't particularly like was probably the awkward Buffy Riley scene in the dorm room um, when she just doesn't want to – she doesn't want to talk to Riley about what happened with Angel and he just sees it as her um, – Betrayal. Betra- that they'd slept together. Not re- also not really understanding the curse with Angel is for her to sleep with Angel would be an incredible like like Angelus is an incredibly dangerous creature that she would never sleep with Angel <laughs> ever again because of how dangerous Angelus is. Uh, did he meet Angelus? No, he never okay. has. He just knows that Angelus is a thing. Um, he knows I, don't, Angel's, I, don't, I don't think he realises how bad Angel's. He knows Angel's a vampire though, yes, right? Yes, yeah. And, and he's like, oh, he's bad. It seemed like he got more upset when he found out she slept with him than they were together is what ticked him over though, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's an ex-boyfriend. It, it shouldn't matter. Well, you'd figure they probably already would have, but that did seem to be the part when – Xander said that, oh, you know, because she slept with him, that released Angelus. And yeah, that seemed, also, that seemed to tick also, him off a little he bit. He also used some different language in that scene because he, he doesn't use the word happiness. He uses the word one moment of pure pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> and pleasure and happiness are very different things. But it, it, it almost seems like it's more the fact that he found out he, she slept with him that yeah, they were in a relationship. Yeah, but like for some, I don't know, for some reason he probably hadn't in his head that they didn't sleep together is what I'm trying to get at. Oh, okay. And the fact that when Xander said, oh, she slept with him and that's what released Angelus, that's what the part that seemed to tick him off if you notice. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if he actually believed that, but finding that out, is knowing that for a fact, is did seem to set off some sort of jealousy in him. Yeah, and then he, he kind of came at her with this sort of like it's not that buff you know buffy doesn't love him enough like that's the way i always he just sort of acts like this petulant child in that even if she does love him it's it's never enough hmm. and he was just gradually getting like getting jealous over something that happened years earlier with an ex-boyfriend like what happens with an ex has nothing to do but with some your guys, current some guys are kind of like that. Like the idea of the girlfriend sleeping with someone, even though it was an ex. Like some guys, they can send them into a bit of a rage and they can, they can hang on to that, even though it's with someone they were with. But they'll hang on to that. I've, I've known people to be like that. I'm guessing that's what they're sort of doing with Riley a little bit. Yeah, it's also a very toxic trait to have. Like, I didn't say it was like, a good thing. Like, but what, what happened? What happens in previous relationships? Whether someone's been in a hundred previous relationships, hmm. it really isn't any of the new. No, it's not. 
person. Oh, it's not. Business. I know. I, yeah, it's, it's not their business, and they have no right to feel that way. But some people do, and I'm, I'm thinking that's what they're doing with Riley. Because I'm just thinking about it now. It's when he found out that she slept with him is what seemed to tick him off. Mm. It's the point I'm sort of trying to make, and yeah. I, I think that's exactly what they were playing with, and that's what the type of guy Riley is. Yeah. But it wasn't and like that's why she, you don't like him. Oh, it wasn't like she was some. Like, it wasn't like she was a virgin or anything. Like, like you. Yeah, already, I know. Look, I'm not trying. I'm not asking you to make sense of this because it doesn't. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> it's uh, immature. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's possessive. Yes. So, and these these are maybe the traits, and these are maybe the things that maybe you didn't notice, but your brain did. Yeah. That makes you not like Riley. Yep. Maybe this is we're coming back to that part again. So I just sort of had an epiphany about that Yeah. as we're talking about it then. Yes, maybe it is. You know what? I think you could be right on mm. that. On why. I know that I feel like there's a lot of reasons why people don't like Riley. Yeah. So, and that's just one of them. <laughs> Fucking white bread. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we got All next? All right. Favorite quote. Uh, so we had Spike. Spike's favourite quote, you know, for someone who's got Watcher on his resume, you might want to cast an eye to the front door every now and again. (laughs) Mine is also a Spike one. It's Spike. Wow. I mean, yeah. I get why the demons fall in line with you. You're like Tony Robbins. If he was a big, scary Frankenstein looking, you're exactly like Tony Robbins. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And for those out there who don't know who Tony Robbins is, do you know who Tony Robbins is? Yeah, he pays people. uh, People pay him to tell him to do to tell them that they they can do it. (laughs) That they can do it. You can do it. He's a motivational. He's a motivational speaker. People pay him so he he can say to them, "You can do it." (laughs) Yeah. So he's a motivational speaker um, who. Who kind of looks like Frankenstein, yeah. He's kind of this big... Dr. Br- Frankenstein? No, no, like, like Frankenstein's monster. Like, he's just kind of a big He kind tall. of was in the zeitgeist probably about 20 years ago. Mm. I he was in the, the Shallow Howl film, like, and, um, yeah, he was doing a lot of infomercials and stuff like that. Yeah, lots of self-help yeah. seminars. He's kind of one of those motivational speakers with the earpiece and, you know, fist in the air and, and making everyone clap and stuff and... He's in his in his sixties now, but I think he's still going. I think he's still got his brand and everything like that, and releasing. I don't mm. know if it's the infomercial stuff he's selling much these I days. Seen but much I think of that it. sort of industry's think, moved yeah. more online and doing God knows what. I don't know guest speakers and stuff like that. I'd say he still have a pretty big following. I'd imagine. Yeah, I was borderlining on some sort of evangelist sort of without the religious stuff though. Yeah, you can do it. But, you know. Yeah, but there's there's those people who just swear by Tony Robbins. You know, you got to listen to all the books. Mm. He's been doing it for a long time, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he's Pro- still probably doing the it. original. Yeah, I'd say yeah. One of the original motivational speakers. Yeah, it's basically a religious speaker without the religious part of it. That's mm-hmm. basically what he is. One of those preachers. Yeah, be your best self. Yeah, yeah. Um, my other favorite line from Spike is, "So it's chips all around. Someone bought the party pack." Did they? <laughs> Party pack of chips. <laughs> get it? Get it? Get it? No. Party pack. No, I don't get it. I don't get it. 
<laughs> well, you buy the bag of chips and it's got all the little party packets. In oh, it. yes. Oh, right. Except he would have called them crisps. <laughs> Don't they call them chips in America, though? He's not American. <laughs> all right, next all right, quick. Who we're gets with... the wooden spoon? I was going to say something, but I'm going to change it to Franken... Forest. Frankenforest. Forest. <laughs> yeah. Forest gates. Frankenforest. The sweet robotic ro- trans robotic guy. Yeah. He's gonna harvest all the parts. Choice parts. Choice parts. So um we're done with him now. Oh god, yes. <laughs> Thank God, yes. Now yes. it's it's funny when you first asked me about that character and you said, What do you think about this guy? And I fully thought that there was gonna be some sort of uh uh, plot where he confesses his love to Riley or some side plot or something like that and it never came up and I'm so surprised when you told me that no, the character's not actually gay. I don't know why I thought that though. Maybe you told me this years ago or something like that. Maybe you implanted that idea on my head but from watching, from what I've seen of this character, it really did. they really did play it that way. Mm. I don't know if it was intentional or not. It must have been. I don't think it was. It just came across I have a feeling that, that that actor is actually gay. Right, okay. Which might have just been your gay dar going off a little bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um There was something pouty about it, was it? The way he was frustrated with Riley. He was very very pouty and very childlike, like stomping his feet on the floor. But to see a, a grown man do that comes off as a little gay, doesn't it? I think is that what it is? Yeah. It is that thing when your friend gets into a new relationship and they're spending all their time with a new girlfriend or boyfriend. You might mm. get a little bit, hey, can we spend some time together? Um, or start getting a bit, hey, you're ignoring all your friends mm. type situation. Um, and those friends can get upset by it. But he kind of took it to... Yeah. Uh, they were in a... Like, yeah. He kind of... Did take it. He wasn't angry. He, he wasn't angry. He, he was jealous. And that's yes. that's the part that yes. I think that transgresses as to why this character maybe might be might have been more a little infatuated with him than what you think. Than it's because all of his actions come across as jealousy. Yeah, uh, and he never even tries to get to know Buffy. No, because um, he just knew he couldn't compete. <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't try to get to know Buffy at all. Like he, he just, dot, yeah. he just flat out hates her, hmm. hates her. Only yeah. ever gives him, gives her lip pretty much. Just, yeah, comes across as very, as you said, jealous. Pouty. Yeah, jealous and pouty. Um, yeah, I give it to Colonel McNamara. Okay. Um, knife. Yeah, because he let the initiative... Become a Trojan horse. (laughs) Even when he was told it was a Trojan horse, he still didn't think, no, that can't happen. Um, And also, uh, I don't know, also Spike and Adam not seeing the flaw in their plan. Not a great plan. Um, Of trying to split up, like their their plan wasn't very good. Hmm. It wasn't a good plan. No. Um, And revolving around decrypted files. Yeah, I think there's some sort of – there might have been something other 
plot device or something they were going to do, but they quickly changed it last minute or something. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of that in this and that, well, especially when it came to Adam, like this, there was a lot of scenes of Adam just, what do you call it, pontificating yeah. and saying all of the plan, like talking to Riley, but Riley couldn't actually speak back. But yeah, you know, sort of saying this was mother's plan from the beginning. Mm. In case you didn't know. In case you didn't know, we've got the, we're going to create an entire army of... Um, well, as you said, she was meant to be the the big bad of the sea, yeah. and it wasn't she. So that's possibly what that's probably what what's a missing element there of what that was all about. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, who is the MVP of the episode? That's Buffy, isn't it? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I would go with all four Scoobies when they get together and they. They bring their powers of mind, heart, and spirit, and the Slayer lineage together, and, and create Captain Planet. I mean, Super Buffy. <laughs> your powers combined, I am Captain Planet. They need Vind, don't they? <laughs> Vind, water, heart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That works as well. Uh, yeah. Their powers combined. And what do you rate? This season final, not final episode out of 10 using something from the show. Uh, Well, I went six encrypted floppy disks. Okay. I went nine out of 10 Trojan horses. Trojan horses. Yes. They're still a thing these days, aren't they? (laughs) Yes. Thousands of years later, we're still getting hit with Trojan horses. Who would have thought, huh? Well, it's a good, good... It's a good plan. <laughs> Trojan horse that, that, was a really was good a great plan. That was actually a really good plan. If it was real. <laughs> if it was real. It's just a and, and keep in mind, the Trojan horse wasn't done by the Trojans, it was done by the Greeks to trick the Trojans. Yes. To be to be clear. Yes. So we've supposedly been to where the Trojan horse happened, but fuck knows if it's even true. Yeah, and all the kids and all those kids thought oh, okay, you yeah. were a rock star. Yes. I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right, Eddie. Uh, God, this has been a long episode. So uh, was there anything else you wanted to add? I'm, I'm ready to pull the pin on this. No, no. That, that, that'll that'll be, be a wrap it. for today. That'll no, be it's a been wrap. a long episode. It, yeah, it was a good season finale. Oh, it's not a season finale. Oh, we're going to do this. <laughs> still going to do the finale. Still going to do the season finale. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up then. Well, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us tonight. We are Nerd Subculture. My name is Jared. And I'm Edwina. And you can find us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. There is a Facebook group and you can email us at nerdsubculture at gmail.com. And if you want to help the podcast out, please follow the link tree for the, on the socials for our merch store. Yes, so please like, share, subscribe, share with your friends, shout us a comment, anything you want. We'll always respond. Take care. See ya. Bye. Bye. Gerard. Loving it.